Good morning. My name is Tim Hopper. If you don't know me, I am the youth pastor here. Uh, pastor Mike is still out and we want to continue to pray for him as he's continuing to heal. But uh, I have the great privilege of speaking with you this morning. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And as you're turning there, 18 years ago, I was a college student. I was a single college student in my dorm. And I was co contemplating a, a big decision. I was wanting to buy a brand new truck. I had, a, I had an old blue Ford truck and I was really considering it trading this in and I had some money in my savings and I thought this would be a good time to buy a brand new truck. And so I was taking it out and looking at a new truck and, and, and I was really wanting to buy this new truck. But it was during this time I started, I had been starting a, a relationship. And so I came to my, my roommates and I began to ask my roommates about what I should do. I said, I really want to buy a new truck and I really want to pursue this, but I'm also starting a relationship. Should I really be thinking about buying a truck right now? And he kind of chuckled and laughed at me and he said, well, it seems like you got two choices here. You can pursue and invest in this truck or you can see where this relationship go and pursue and invest in this relationship. Well, 18 years later, I'm still driving that blue old Ford truck. And that relationship was now uh, with my wife, Rachel. And I think I made a pretty good choice. I would say yes. <laughs> I would say after 18 years, it was worth it. It was worth it. Well, this morning I wanna to talk to you about uh, that very topic, is it worth it? And we're gonna look at a passage in scripture where we look at, we're gonna look at two different men who are trying to decide if a certain decision is worth it. And so we're gonna look at Matthew chapter 13 and we're gonna begin looking in the verse 44. And if you will follow along with me as I read this. Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 44, Jesus says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a large net thrown into the sea. It collected every kind of fish. And when it was full, they dragged it ashore, sat down and gathered the good fish into containers, but threw out the worthless ones. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out, separate the evil people from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They answered him, yes. Therefore, he said to them, every teacher of the law 
who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom treasure, new and old. Join me in prayer. Lord, I pray as we uh, look at this passage of scripture, Lord, and we try to understand these parables, Lord. God, I ask that you would give us clarity into your word. Help us to truly see the message and the teaching behind these parables. God, we know that there were many in your midst among that day, although while having ears to hear, they could not hear. And although while having eyes to see, they could not see and understand and grasp these parables. Lord, I pray that we are not like them. God, I pray that today we would have the eyes and ears opened by the Spirit of God to grasp the truth that is hidden in this passage. I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. This morning, Jesus is trying to teach us several things from this passage. And the very first thing that Jesus wants you to understand from these parables is that the kingdom of heaven is a great treasure. The kingdom of heaven is a great treasure. Now, when I say kingdom of heaven, sometimes Jesus would say kingdom of heaven. Sometimes he would say kingdom of God. And when he said that, he, mean, he means the exact same thing, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. But what does that mean? What is Jesus talking about when he says kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God? The kingdom of heaven is the rule and reign of God. It is the rule and reign of God. And this is what Jesus's main message was all throughout the gospels. He said, he was teaching and he was saying that the kingdom of God is near. He said, repent. For the kingdom of God is near. This was his main message. And he was teaching that, God, that God's will and God's desire was that the kingdom of heaven would be the same in heaven as on earth. He would be, or he would say that the kingdom of God would be on earth as it is in heaven. So God's desire is for the kingdom of heaven to come upon the earth. His, also his desire is that the people of earth would be a part of that kingdom. That's God's greatest desire. And so Jesus is proclaiming this message to these people and over and over again says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then we come to this particular chapter here in Matthew chapter 13, and Jesus begins to teach about the kingdom of heaven and he begins to talk about what it's like. And he begins to say uh, in the very beginning of chapter 13, a parable. He tells a parable and he tells the parable of the sower. And he says that the sower is, is the one who spreads the seed. And he says this, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like the sower who shares a message. The message is about the kingdom of heaven. The sower is Christ. And the soil in which the message falls upon are the different types of people who hear the message. In that soil, there are some who hear the message of Christ and they immediately reject it. 
they do not receive it. Then there are those who kind of hear it, who kind of embrace it and kind of listen to it, but it never truly takes root and grows inside of them. But then there are those who hear the message, they implant the message of Christ in them and it grows in them and produces great fruit. And those particular people are the ones who see the value and the worth in what Jesus was saying. And when we come to our passage, that's exactly what Jesus is trying to teach. He's saying that the kingdom of God and the message of God is a great treasure. It is a great treasure. And it's a treasure that is worth possessing. And in this particular passage, Jesus tells us two two stories back to back. One is about a man who is walking in a field. He doesn't own the field. He, he may be looking at the field or maybe he's just passing by. But in this story, he's walking in the field and all of a sudden he comes across a buried treasure. And seeing the buried treasure, he takes it and he reburies it and he goes and immediately he sells everything and buys this treasure. He buys it. He sees that this land possesses great treasure and it's worth buying and possessing. The next parable is about a merchant who's looking for pearls. And he's looking around and he's searching for all kinds of pearls and he comes across a priceless pearl. A pearl that has great value and is worth everything. And so this guy, this merchant goes, he sells everything in order to possess and have this treasure, this pearl. And Jesus uses both these stories to communicate to us. That's what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a great treasure. It's very valuable and it has high worth. But notice that it cost them greatly. It cost them greatly. It says that they went and sold everything that they had in order to possess it. They had to go sell everything that they owned. They had to get, let everything that they had go. It cost them all their possessions and all their wealth in order to obtain this treasure. So Jesus is teaching us this morning that the kingdom of God is a very wealthy, very, uh, a very uh, expensive treasure. But he's also teaching us is that it's gonna cost us everything. If you want to, you can flip over with me to Luke, uh, the Luke chapter 14. If not, you can just listen to, to me as I read this, but we're gonna look at Luke 14 just for a second because Jesus in another place in the gospels talks about cost, the cost of possessing the kingdom of God. And I think this particular passage does a really good job of explaining it. In Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 26, Jesus tells us this. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. 
And then Jesus goes on to give two illustrations of what it looks like to count the cost. The first illustration is this. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. So this is an illustration of what it looks like to count the cost. He gives another illustration. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. Again, another illustration of what it looks like to count the cost. And in this last verse, Jesus summarizes it again. In verse 33, he says this, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Jesus is telling us that in order for us to obtain the treasure of the kingdom of heaven, there is a high cost. And that high cost will first demand your love. It kind of says something very interesting here. It says that if anyone comes after me, that he must hate his father and his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers and sisters. That seems very odd to come out of Jesus's mouth. But what Jesus is teaching us here is that our love for God has to be greater above any other relationship. And in comparison to our love for God, our love for others is second best. He demands our highest love. That's the cost that we must give to him. But it's not just about our love. He goes on to say, it's your life. It's your life. The greatest thing right now that you possess is your life. That is the greatest thing that you possess. Your life is what you were born with. You were born with your life. You didn't have anything else. You were born with your life. And when you lose your life, you have nothing else. Your life is your greatest value, your greatest worth. And what Jesus says that if you want to possess the kingdom of God, it's going to cost you your life. You have to give your life to Jesus in order to possess the kingdom of God. The merchant and the man who owned the field saw the great treasure. He saw the value and the worth of the treasure in the field and of this pearl. And they wanted it. And they were willing to go and sell everything to possess it. They were willing to let it go. They freely let go of all other possessions in order to obtain this greatest treasure. But I want you to understand something this morning. 
it wasn't out of grudge. It wasn't out of duty. It wasn't out of expectation. Scripture right here, he says right here, it was out of joy. It was out of joy. You see, for the merchant and for the person who owns the field, it was their joy to possess and have it. And in, and in, and in comparison to that treasure, it was worth letting everything else go to obtain it. They saw the value and worth and they freely let it all go so that they could possess the greatest treasure. And Jesus is teaching us the exact same thing. The kingdom of God is a great treasure and it is of a high cost. It demands your love. It demands your life. It demands all from you. But giving it to Jesus is not a dread. It's not a burden. It's not pain. And matter of fact, it's great joy. Because if you possess Jesus, you possess the greatest thing of all. And nothing in your hands and nothing that you own is worth more than Jesus. You may have things in your hands and you may be contemplating and trying to figure out which is more valuable. And this morning, my prayer for you is the Holy Spirit would open your eyes to see the value of Jesus. The value of the kingdom of heaven. He is worth it. There's a joy and the things that Jesus can offer in exchange for your life is far greater than anything this world can offer you. There is great joy in Christ. There is great treasure in Christ. He is our reward and he is our greatest joy. But not everyone will see him as their great joy. Matter of fact, Jesus tells another parable. And in this parable, in verse 20, uh, for, uh, 47 of Matthew 13, he tells us about the story of a parable about a fisherman who were out throwing their nets <clears throat> to catch fish. And when they fully dragged it ashore, they sat down and they get, began to gather the good fish into containers, but they threw out the worthless ones. The good fish are those who saw the value in the kingdom of heaven. Those are the ones who loved and wanted and gave all to have the treasure of God. Those were the good fish, but the worthless fish are those who did not see the value. They did not see the worth. They are the ones who were cast out. There's a show that I love to watch and I see it every once in a while and I think it's a, it's pretty, fun, a pretty funny and pretty awesome show to watch. And, uh, there's two shows actually. Well, the first one is American Picker. How many of you have ever seen that show, The American Picker? Okay, yeah. Well, there's another one called Pawn Star. Anybody seen that one? A few, okay. I love watching these shows. If you don't know what this show's about, it's basically about uh, these guys who basically buy and collect and, and sell uh, antique stuff or collector's thing. They try to make a profit off of it. And all kinds of people come to them to try to sell them their stuff, hoping to make some profit off of it. And sometimes these people will bring things and some of these things I see that they bring, I'm like, goodness gracious, there is no way that I would put that in my house. 
And then they will bring it to these guys. And sometimes they, they know what the, the value is of it. Sometimes they have to actually do some research and get some help to figure out and determine the value. But some of those things that I think is worthless and crazy and junk, they see as valuable and they'll assess thousands of dollars upon it. And I'm just blown away by that. And so these guys would, would assess the value of these things and, and, then, the, and then they would make an offer and, and, and uh, buy, it from these, buy, buy it from these people. Sometimes it's of great value, but sometimes these people bring in junk. Sometimes they bring in things that just have no value at all. I was watching it the other day and they, uh, this guy had a collection of glass eyeballs. And I'm like, what in the world? But he was thinking, oh, this is gonna be valuable. This is gonna be great. So he brings it in and of course, the guy's like, nope, I don't wanna have any part of this thing. There was no value. He didn't see any value in this thing. And, 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 and that's the way it is sometimes. And matter of fact, have you ever heard this phrase? One man's junk is another man's treasure. Yeah, sometimes they would see this as junk, but in reality, when they assess value to it, there's treasure. Or sometimes they think it's treasure and they bring it and it's just junk. So it is with the kingdom of God. Some people see the value and the worth in the kingdom of God. And some see how valuable and how worth it is and they're willing to give everything to obtain that. But then there's others who do not. There's some who immediately reject it, just like the, when we we're talking about the parable of the sower. There's some who just reject that and are like, I don't want that. I don't want to have nothing to do with that. That does not look valuable at all to me. Then you have some who are like, it seems valuable, but the things that I'm holding in my hand, my life, my sins, my desires, just right now, it just doesn't seem as valuable. Maybe later in life, but right now my life is a little bit more valuable. I just cannot purchase that or give all for that right now. Some don't see the value in it. The Bible teaches us that the, the God of this age has blinded the eyes and the hearts of those in this world. And they cannot see and grasp and view the value of it. We're here sitting here this morning because many of you have seen the value and the worth of the treasure of heaven. You can be sitting in this room and you hear my messages and it's like your eyes are like open wide and you're like, yes, yes, this is so valuable. This is so worth it. I know the treasure of God is good but someone else in the same room, hearing the exact same message, come to a totally different response. It's hard for them to see the value. It takes an act of God for their hearts to be broken and their eyes to see. We pray, Holy Spirit, open their eyes to see the value because until they see the value, it's too hard of a cost. But Jesus warns us. He warns us, he gives us a warning. He's saying that in the story of the fish, there will be a day of separation. A day is coming, the end of age is coming. And there will be a day when, when the, the bad fish or those who have not received the kingdom of God and those who have will be separated 
And those who have seen the treasured and valued the treasured and embraced the treasured and given their life for God's treasure, they will receive the fullness of their reward. But on that day, for those who have rejected it or maybe put it off, scripture says that they will be cast off just like those fish, they'll be cast away. The Bible is pretty explicit. It says that they'll be thrown away to a place called hell. And, and Jesus used very explicit language saying, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God is warning us, Jesus is warning us this morning for us to realize and see the value of the treasure of the kingdom of heaven. We have a choice right now to, to value it, to see its worth. My question for you this morning is, do you possess the kingdom of heaven? Have you sold everything and given all of your life, all of your love, given all to possess the kingdom of heaven? Or are you holding on to something this morning? What is separating and what is causing you to not fully give all for God's kingdom, for Jesus Christ? Is it some kind of sin? Is it the pleasure and the desire of sin? Is it that you really wanna be in control of your life and you just want your life to be in your hands right now? Is it money? Is it wealth? What are you holding on to that is preventing you from possessing the greatest treasure in this world? My friends, I want you to listen to me. There is nothing in this world that's more valuable and worth more than possessing Jesus Christ. Jesus is far worth it. He is a great treasure and he is, our, he is our greatest treasure and he is our greatest joy. And when we possess him, we have it all. And if you do not have him, you have nothing. His treasure will stand for all times. If you put your value and your whole, you're holding on to the treasures of this world, they will perish. They will not last. They will leave you empty. They will leave you in despair and ultimately to destruction. The greatest treasure is not what you can hold in your hand, but who you can possess in your heart. Jesus is our greatest treasure. I wanna invite you this morning to consider and to see Jesus as your great treasure. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus this morning. But there's one more passage of scripture that I wanna share with you before we're, before we're finished. The very last passage is in verse 52. Jesus says, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out his treasure, sorry, brings out from his storeroom treasures new and old. This morning, it was probably hard for some of you, speaking about Mother's Day, getting your kids up, dragging them to church, 
trying to get them here and hoping over and over and over again, Sunday after Sunday, that they're gaining some kind of value here and appreciation of God's word and hopefully hearing the message about the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes it is a battle, I know. I've got five kids. Sometimes it is a battle to get our kids here. And then when we're at home, Many of us struggle trying to teach them right from wrong, and we're trying to direct them in the right path. Parenting is hard. Parenting is really, really hard. Some of you come up here on Sunday and you are serving in different areas. Maybe some of you are Sunday school teachers and you've worked all week long preparing your messages so that you could proclaim the good news to your Sunday school class. Some of you serve in all kinds of capacities in all different ways. Some of you, the most difficult jobs like dealing with our children and our youth and you struggle and you're trying to just keep order in the classroom and hopefully get them some kind of scripture verse or understanding for the, for the day. Sometimes it's hard work and laborious work. Some of you serve in all kinds of ministries. Maybe it's missions or, or maybe you serve on committees or you do so much in this church. I know the work that goes on in this church. And I know how tireless some of this work is, how sometimes it's a struggle. And there are days that you wanna feel like quitting. It's a hard work to labor in the kingdom of God. Some of you are working in your homes to deliver the kingdom of God. Some of you are working in our community. You're working, being a part of the kingdom of God is hard work. This morning, this message is for you. What Jesus is saying in this particular verse, he says, you are the disciple. You are the owner in this, in this store, of this storeroom. And you are the one who's bringing out the treasure, both old and new. You're bringing out the treasure. You're doing the work of the kingdom of heaven. You see, every time that you as parents are teaching your kids at home about Jesus, you're bringing out the treasure. When you're bringing them here to church and you're trying to teach them the value of church and the value of the word of God, and you're trying to point them in the right direction, you're bringing out the treasure. When you're serving in our youth or children or Sunday school or all the different areas in our church and all the different ministries, you are working in the kingdom of God. You're doing the work of the kingdom of God and you're bringing out the treasure. You're bringing out the treasure. When you're in our community and you see people who are hurting, who are in needy, who need help, and you help them and you share with those who are in need and you give to the poor and you do the work of the, uh, the ministry in the kingdom of God, you are bringing out the treasure. When you're sharing the gospel with your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, you're bringing out the treasure. And the treasure is Jesus Christ. I know the work of the ministry is hard and difficult. And there are days that we feel like giving up, but I want you to see that the value of what you're doing is worth it. It is worth it because Jesus changes everything. He is the greatest treasure. And the work that you're doing is impacting people for all eternity. When you bring out the treasure and you will display it for them to see and they hear and they see the treasure, 
lives are changed. People give their lives for the greatest treasure there is. You have the greatest opportunity of bringing out treasure for people to see and hear. Not everyone will respond, but it's our job to present the treasure. Bring out the treasure. Bring out Jesus. Work hard. You're working hard for him. Remember who the treasure is. Because when you know what the treasure is and you remember who you're serving for, there comes the joy. And it reminds you that it's all worth it. It's worth it because he is the greatest treasure. And when you share that treasure with someone and you see them possess it and take it, it makes it all worth it. It makes it all worth it. Don't grow weary in bringing out the treasure.